0: God bless you. This is a day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and we will be glad in this wonderful day. We're so thankful to have this chance and this opportunity to minister to you on this day. And this is greetings from Pastor Gregory Van Morgan. We want you to be able to enjoy the Word of the Lord on this day. It's appropriate message and subject for the occasion for which it stands this being Mother's Day. Let us bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you for this day you allowed us to see. We thank you for life, for health, and for strength. We ask, Father, that you be our leader, that you be our guide, and wherever you lead us, we will follow from earth all the way to glory. Oh God, we ask that you save us and make us clean, make us right, make us pure so that we can stand in your eyesight and be accepted. And hear you say, well done, good and faithful servant. Oh God, bless my brothers and sisters, give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, and eyes to see thy holy word, thy engrafted word, which is able to save our souls and make us whole. Jesus, we love you with all of our heart, mind, body, soul, and spirit, and Holy Spirit, You are welcome in this place. We thank you, Father, and praise you, and give glory and honor unto you. The only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Thank God. Amen. So here we are on this wonderful day that has been designated and called Mother's Day and so I believe it's fitting that we give you an encouraging word on Mother's Day. Uh, Our scripture is going to come from Acts the 16th chapter the first verse and it's going to come from 2 Timothy the first chapter and the fifth verse. So Acts 16 and 1 reads this, then came he to Derby and Lystra, and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewish, and believed, but his father was a Greek, which was well reported of by the brethren that were in Lystra and Iconium him would Paul have to go forth with him and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. And the second verse that we're going to read for you is 2 Timothy, the first chapter, the fifth verse. This is Paul writing. He's saying, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother, Lois, and in thy mother, Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. We wanna talk about a Mother's Day, a best mom, Mother's Day. A best mom now we know when we say the word best there's two other words that go along with it there's good there's better and there's best there's some good moms out there there's some better moms out there and there are even some best moms out there the good mom that is fine and acceptable because she could be a bad mom, but instead she's a good mom. She's providing for her home. She's faithful. She does those things that are right in her home for her children, for her husband, even for herself. And she loves her God. Then there's that better mom. That better mom is that mom that mom that does things with little more quality and excellence than the good mom she's still a woman that believes in god and trusts in god and she's that better mom that really provides for her children and is there for her children from start to finish she's a better mom then so you have the good mom you have the better mom and then you have that best mom now those mothers out there probably feel at some point in time in their life they were a good mom they matriculated up to a better mom, and now they would even consider themselves a best mom. And the only person that can judge that would be the Lord himself and his word, according to his word, the type of mother. All throughout the Bible, there were good mothers, there were better mothers, and then there were best moms, some best moms. We wanna talk about a best mom on today uh, in this 16th chapter, the Bible tells us, the 16th chapter of Acts, 16th chapter verse one, the Bible tells us, then he, Paul, Paul came to Derby and Lystra and behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus. A certain disciple, not just any disciple, but the Bible says a certain disciple. And we're gonna talk about this certain disciple, named Timotheus. And we're going to talk about some of the dynamics that were probably in his life and that are probably and possibly in our lives today in comparison with him. So the Bible says a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewess. Timotheus' mother was a Jewish woman. She was a Jewish mother. Okay. There are some things about a particular Jewish mother that raises her children or her child a certain way. And those ways are ways of godliness, the ways of righteousness, the ways of being right. Now, there were some perhaps, no doubt, that didn't raise their children on this order. But we're talking about this particular woman here that raised her son, Timotheus. The Bible says that she was a Jewish. She was a Jewish woman. And then after that in Acts 16 and 1, it says, and believed. She was a believer. She believed in God. She believed in the works of God. Now, uh, if I give you a little bit of foreshadowing, possibly because of the way she was raised and the way she was brought up. But the Bible says she was a Jewish woman. And she believed. Then the Bible goes on to say, but his father was a Greek. So now you have a Greek man married to a Jewish woman. This is called a interracial marriage, where you have a marriage between one person of a certain racial background, and then they're married to someone that has uh, someone of a different racial background than theirs. So you have a Jewish person that's married to a Greek person, or if you will, you have a Greek person, that's a man, that's married to a Jewish woman. Now we know that these people like this were looked down on during those biblical times. They were looked down on because they were considered half-breeds. They were considered people not of a full, whole, complete breed, be that of Greek or be that of the Jewish. So... This person, this man was a Greek man. This Greek man had a Jewish wife. And this Jewish wife is one that believed in God, believed in the works of God. No doubt how she was brought up, she believed. The Bible goes on to say, but his father was Greek, which was well reported by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. So now the word is going out, okay, this is a good disciple right here. This is a good young man. He knows the word of God. He believes in God, and he believes as his mother believes. But his father is a Greek, so that sends a message out to the people. With his mother being Jewish and his father being Greek, there's a great chance and possibility that this young man his father didn't believe in circumcision. So if this man didn't believe in circumcision, there's a possibility that his son was not circumcised, being in the belief that he was. Now, we can't get into the full dynamics of the situation, but we can only go by what the Bible tells us. The Bible says his father was a Greek, and this was well reported by the brethren in the church, the brethren in the movement of salvation, the brethren, the people of Lystra and Iconium. The Bible goes on further to say, him would Paul have to go forth with him. Paul wanted Timothy to go with him because Paul knew some things about Timothy, perhaps that the other ones didn't know. And then more than likely, let's say in our spiritual imagination, Paul felt in his spirit that Timothy was a good fit for his ministry team, for his ministry assignments, for his traveling to preach the word of God to people. So the Bible says him would Paul have to go with him. But then the Bible turns around and tell us and took and circumcised him. So Paul took Timothy and had Timothy circumcised because Paul did not want to catch any flack from the brothers that were circumcised and believed. He did not want this to be a stumbling block to them. So oftentimes there's things that have to happen to us so that we do not become a stumbling block unto others. What are those things that have to happen to us so that we do not become a stumbling block to others, okay? We must believe, we must trust in God, we must read God's word, we must study his word to show ourselves approved unto him, a workman that needeth not be ashamed rightly dividing the word of truth but then there are some traditional things that we could get into okay we could say his hair is long and unruly okay that may be offensive to somebody they may have a bunch of tattoos and marks and burns on their body that might be offensive to someone we don't know these things because we're judging them from the outward appearance when god looks at the heart and when god looks at the heart It's what he sees that matters most of all. It's not what we see that matters. It's what God sees and what God knows. The Bible says it is he that made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and we're the sheep of his pasture. So what matters the most is to God is what's in this heart and our motives for doing things that we do. Paul says, took him and had him circumcised because of the Jews which were in those quarters because of the Jews, because of what they believe, because of what they know, because of how they feel. Paul had to have this young man circumcised. Then after Paul had this man circumcised, what more can the people say? okay? They can't criticize him and condemn him. The only thing they can criticize and condemn him for is that he's a half-breed because his father is Greek and his mother is Jewish. But there's a higher level than being classified as that classification because he believed in God. He was a disciple. We can be a disciple in spite of what our breeds are, of our race, our color, our creed, our black, white, Egyptian, Jewish, Roman, all of these nations, we can still be saved and accept the Lord as our Savior and as our Lord, no matter what our relation is. He didn't just come for one type of person. He came for any type of person that'd be willing to receive him, a person that would be willing to believe in him and trust in him for they all knew that his father was a Greek. Word gets around, word spreads, okay? So the word has gotten around and the word has spread it. He is a man that's a disciple, but his father is a Greek and his mother is a Jewish. So you can imagine the words that they said and the actions that they took and the prejudiceness that went on in them. But then it takes a man of God like Paul to see something different in that person all of what people say, it takes a Paul to see something in them. Where are our modern day Pauls today that see something in us, see something in him, or see something in her? Where are our modern day Pauls that see something and says, "Hey, I want you on my ministry team. I want you to work with me. I see your heart. I know much about you." Then, we'll take a jump. Let's take a jump at this, Timothy. His name means venerating God, venerating God, which means to regard or treat with reverence. Timothy, that name is to regard or treat with reverence. Reverence to God, the convert and friend of Paul. That's who Timothy is, the convert, and he's a friend of Paul. Then we know further on, he says that my son, He refers to Timothy as his son, as the son in the gospel, his son in the spirit of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Timothy was the son of one of those mixed marriages. It was a mixed marriage that he was a product of, that though unlawful, unlawful, again, though it was unlawful, were frequent in the latter periods of Jewish history. His mother was Jew, whereas his father, his father's name was unknown. His father's name, they did not have and record his father's name. So it was unknown, but it is said that he was a Greek. Now, I want to jump down to the next part where our scripture says in 2 Timothy 1 and 5. Paul says, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith, the untainted faith, the undone faith that was in Timothy. The faith, the pure, the clean faith that was in Timothy, that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois. This same faith that Timothy had was in his grandmother there are some of us, and there are some of you that may have grandparents that are yet with us today. My grandparents personally have passed and have went on, and they love me because I was my grandparents' first grandchild. I was the first grandchild of my grandparents on my mother's side and on my father's side, and they love their very first grandchild. Many of you that may have grandchildren, you remember and you know who your first grandchild is, and it brings a special love and pride and joy to your heart to know your first grandchild, the child of your child. And then as we look at these scriptures, as we look at this prescription right here, the faith that was in Lois, Lois was Timothy's grandmother. His mother's mother, Lois, she had a faith, she believed, she trusted in God. So Paul says, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice. So look at the relationship of how Timothy's mother was brought up, his mother. His mother was brought up by her mother Lois, trained her up. Can you see somewhere where she has raised her child? Or train up a child in the way that that child is supposed to go so when that child is older the child will not depart from it It won't depart from the training it won't depart from the foundation that the house was built on that their spiritual house their life house was built on train up a child we fall and we fail because we have not trained our children up in the way that they're supposed to go One scripture even says that children are arrows in the hands of their father so that when they shoot that arrow, which direction is that arrow going to go? Is that arrow going to go straight up and come straight down or is that arrow going to go straight out to the west or straight out to the east? Which way is that arrow going to go? Is that arrow going to go to the direction of wisdom, of knowledge and understanding? Is that arrow gonna be shot in the way of obedience and trust in the Lord? So as children are as arrows in the hand of their fathers. So what does that mean if the father is not there? But then if the father is not there, the mothers have to do what they have to do in raising these children. Remember, Mother's Day, a best mom, a best mom, a best Lois a best unice. so when we think about this he says which would dwell first in thy grandmother lois and in thy mother unicy and i am persuaded that in thee also paul says this faith was in your grandmother this faith was in your mother and paul says i am persuaded that this faith is in you so look at the progression of the generations here lois is Raising her daughter, Eunice, from a little girl. Raising her and training her about the ways of God and about Jesus and the Lord and the Spirit of God. Training her child, training her daughter. Then you have this daughter, Eunice training her son. And you know what the blessed part about it is? We don't read any uh, disintegration or any distraction or disagreement of the way she raised a son and the father being a Greek man not going against her. We don't have it on Bible record, but we can go by the final outcome of what we see. So here Lois is raising her daughter in the ways of God. Uh, Raising her daughter, Eunice, and then Eunice repeats this cycle and raises her son, perhaps the way she was raised. Raised her son to trust in God. Raised her son to know God, to have a relationship with God. Raised her son to know about salvation. Raised her son in the things that would please God. What happens when we are raised by a best mom like this? Who was raised by a best mom like lois then it gets focused on the things that we do and the things that we begin to do are things that are pleasing to god things that are acceptable to the lord so we think about these things and we take these things into consideration and then for some it may be too late but then for others it will not be too late because then as long as they're living and they're breathing and they can hear and they can respond, we can speak to them and teach them the word of God. Now, some of us, like myself and my wife, our children are older. They're in their 20s and some are in their 30s. Now, as they become old, we remember we did teach our children while they were young. We did bring them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. But then they get to a place where they want to make the decisions of their choices, and they can do that. But when they make those decisions, let's pray and and hope to God that those decisions are made out of a godly way, out of a biblical way, out of a way that a best mom has brought up her children, out of the way that a best grandmother has brought up her children. So we think about these things, and these things are so important. Let me tell you something about uh, Lois. Lois means agreeable. Agreeable. Agreeable to God's plan. Agreeable to God's work. That's what the word Lois means. She's the maternal grandmother of Timothy. His father being a Greek, we understood that already. Then let's look at Lois's daughter, Eunice. Eunice, which means good victory. So here you have agreeable bringing up good victory. What happens when agreeable with God's word, agreeable to God's plan, raises a daughter whose name is good victory. Good victory. How can you go wrong? So good victory is the definition of the name of Eunice, Timothy's mother, the mother of Timothy, and she's also that wife of a Greek man. We could go into another subject where the husband is won by the conversation or the way of life that, the, that his wife has lived uh, before him and been a perfect example. That could be another subject for another day. But we read of no distractions, no disintegrations, no discrepancies of this Greek father's relationship with this Jewish mother. Perhaps this man loved her and didn't see her race as a distraction even though she was different from his. So the early life, the picture of Timothy's early life as described by the Apostle Paul portrays a mother and grandmother. And if you let me add that in, a best mother, a best grandmother, full of tenderness and faith, piously instructing him in the scriptures and training him in the hope of the Messiah of Israel. Can you imagine that they worked with this child as he was young and when he began to hear and to listen and to understand those things that his mother is saying to him and his grandmother is saying to him, what a comfort. And then my heart is grieved because how many Timothys are there out there right now? How many Lois's are there out there right now? How many Unices are there out there right now? So thus, Though far removed from the larger colonies of Israelite families, he was brought up in a thorough Jewish atmosphere. However, he could hardly be a Jewish boy, having never been admitted by circumcision within the pale of God's ancient covenant, and then also being the son of a Greek man the early life of Timothy. I say Timothy had a good life. He had his father there. He had his mother there. So he had a sense of balance. The man was there. He was a boy that had a man, had a father that was visible and touchable. No doubt this was probably a working man and a businessman. But then he had the spiritual aspect of his mother and his grandmother. So 2 Timothy 1 and 3, Paul says, I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing, without stopping, Paul says, I have remembered you in my prayers day and night. Isn't it wonderful when somebody can remember you in their prayers daytime and nighttime? Isn't it wonderful to know that somebody is praying for you right now, that somebody has your best interests at their heart? So Paul was saying, he was, remembered him in his prayers day and night. Then Paul says, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. Then Paul says, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother. Paul heard about Lois. He heard about Lois' faith. He knew that. He says, and thy mother Eunice, he heard about Eunice's faith and her tenderness also. Then again, he says, I am persuaded that the same faith that's in Lois, the same faith that's in Eunice, that faith is in you too. Then we look at this type of relationship they have in 1 Timothy 1 and 2. He says, unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, Timothy was considered Paul's son in the faith. Now that relationship, that fatherly, godly fatherly relationship between Paul and Timothy, we need that today. We have to have that today. It gives us strength, wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. We know that comes from God, but when we have that in front of our eyes to see and visualize, what a blessing that becomes to us in our life. He says, grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. When somebody speaks grace on you, when somebody speaks mercy on you, and when somebody speaks peace on you, do you not know that's a blessing? This is what we all need to speak to each other, grace, mercy, and peace. And these things come from the Spirit of God that's imputed into one person delivering unto us. Remember, Lois, meaning agreeable. Remember, Unicey, mean good victory and then remember timothy venerating god regarding god treat with reverence god that name timothy so paul says unto my own son in the faith grace mercy and peace we we, we need somebody to speak that over us on a daily basis speak grace to us speak grace to your neighbor speak peace to your neighbor speak mercy to your neighbor. Paul says in First Timothy 1 and 18, this charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, look at that relationship again, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. He's reminding Timothy, somebody has spoken over you, somebody has prayed for you, and those that have spoken over you and have prayed for you Take heed to those things, accept those things. 1 Corinthians 4 and 17 reads this. For this cause have I sent unto you Timotheus, who is my beloved son. Listen to the writings of Paul. Paul has Timothy so in his heart and, and trust him so much with the gospel and with the word of God. He says, for this cause I have sent unto you The Corinthians, Timothy, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord. If I'm nothing else, if I'm not Paul's son, and if I'm not this, that, or the other, let me be faithful in the Lord Jesus. Paul says, and faithful in the Lord, who shall bring you into remembrance. He's going to bring some things to your remembrance. He's going to remind you of some things of my ways, which be in Christ as i teach everywhere in every church as paul is teaching in all of these churches there's a son of his there's a representative of his in the gospel timothy that's teaching these people and bringing things to their remembrance about the things that paul have said so a mother's day a best mom a best mom lois a best Mom, Yanisi, and having a son named Timothy. Let's take these things into consideration. It is how our parents raise us and bring us up to be obedient to God, to trust God, and to know Him. It's our job, it's our responsibility as men. Even as you mothers have children right now, it's your job, it's your responsibility to bring up children and to teach them the ways of God. We won't finish on this and we perhaps may pick this up on next week, but we say the word Zebedee. When we say Zebedee, we're talking about the father of James and John who was the husband of Salome, another best mom, a best mom that raised her sons up from day one, from the start of one, first day, and then bringing them up in the fear and admonition of the Lord, so much until when, after Jesus has called, uh, after Jesus had called Andrew, after Jesus had called Andrew's brother first Peter, Peter and Andrew, then he went a little further and called John and James, the son of Zebedee, the son of Salome who have raised those sons right. So when we raise our children right from the beginning, we put them in position for the Lord's use. These two men were used by Jesus, taught by Jesus, showed the way by Jesus. And they even became part of Jesus's inner circle. All because of Mother's Day, a best mom. We'll pick this back up on next week. We're thankful for all the mothers that are out there. Happy Mother's Day to all you mothers out there. Keep doing what you're doing according to the word of God. And there's a blessing and peace and grace and mercy that comes to you down the road for your obedience to God. I'd like for us to have a word of prayer. And uh, I'd like for us to, as we pray, then we can seek God on his directions and things that he has for us. Let's pray. Father, thank you for those that are listening and have heard the word. Lord, I ask that you teach these women that have children to not just be a baby maker, but to be a mother according to your word, to be a mother according to your promise. Lord, let these mothers focus on their children on their babies and train them up so that they can not only be a good mom and a better mom, but that they can be a best mom. We know that you're holding them accountable. And Father, you're good, you're fair, you're just, and you are right. Teach the mothers what they don't know. Show them what they don't see. Put it in their hearts that they're raising up a child that can be like an apostle that Jesus called and chose. They will be educated. They will be knowledgeable. They will receive you and live according to your standards, Father. Bless them in the name of Jesus. We believe it and we receive it and we count it all done in Jesus' name. And again, give us ears to hear, hearts to receive, eyes to see your holy engrafted word in Jesus name, that we can live by it because we're gonna be judged by it, in Jesus name. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We bless the Lord at all times and his praises will forever be in our mouth. We thank you for listening to us on today, Mother's Day, a best mom, Pray that this has been a blessing to you and that you will take God's word, put it in your heart, and live by it, as David said, so that you will not sin against him and raise children that will be chosen by Jesus. In Jesus' name. Thank you and please join us on this evening. Evangelist, Jodith Morgan, will be singing praise and worship unto the Lord And I, Pastor Gregory Van Morgan, will be accompanying her. God bless you on this wonderful day. God bless you, and may the blessings of the Lord be upon you and make you rich. In Jesus' name, amen.